You're listening to the Morning Brew with Stu Podcast, and here's your host, Stuart Brooking. And here we go. Welcome to the Morning Brew with Stu. As always, I'm your host, Stuart Brooking. My special guest today is an off-the-ball network contributor, a friend of mine, a host of Tacos and Touchdowns, the one, the only Aaron Ball, and I believe this is your first time on the Morning Brew with Yeah, this is my first time, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Me as well. Now, Aaron does a lot with the NFL drafts, just like I do. He, You know, he does rankings, those types of things, and he's he dropped last week, about the week before, he dropped his top five running back rankings. He was on uh, Robert Cruz's show, Football and Chill podcast, talking about his top five running backs. So I, I reached out to him and said, hey, I'll be jump on mine. We'll compare ours. We'll go back and forth, and we'll talk about it. And so he agreed. So that's what we're doing today. So we're going over our top five running backs. I did a top eight ranking. Aaron only did a top five. So that's where we'll cut it off is that five. And we'll talk about some guys later on like that we like down the road, those types of things as well. But we're going to start off with our running backs five and go to one. And then we'll go from, from there. So starting off at quarter, or running back five, Aaron, we'll go with his list first, is Ty J. Spears from Tulane, I believe. Yes, yeah. I've seen him come up a lot, a lot, a lot lately, a lot. and I believe you on Cruz's show compared him to Reggie Bush, I, I think, or, or somebody compared him to Reggie Bush. I, I yeah, think, it was me. I think he's got a lot of playmaking abilities out of the backfield. I think he's got some good bursts, those types of things. I think he's going to be a steal when you get him in maybe the second or third round. Uh, I definitely agree. What did you like about him? What I liked about him is, while I was running off watching, one thing I noticed about Tajay Spears, he's very uh, patient runner. He, he tries to find where the, the hole is. Some Because I see a lot of running backs, some just try to force it, and then they just get taken back. And then, that's where that a comparison when it came to Reggie Bush. He was a patient runner, but shifty. And uh, overall, he even when he's – he may be a smaller running back, he actually has some physicality to his, his run game. And that's where I kind of seen the Reggie Bush is uh, type of style of, of running style. Yeah, listen, he didn't make my top eight, which was weird. I, I hadn't. Here's how I do it: when I I watched running backs early, I watched quarterbacks pretty early. I'm going to do an updated quarterback ranking. I probably won't do an updated running back ranking. But I'm going to do an updated quarterback ranking right before the draft, really. But if I had to go back and rewatch him, I think there's a couple guys that aren't on my list that would make it, and Ty J's one of them. So my top eight, my top five running back, my number five running back is another small school guy, but he's from UAB. It's Dwayne McBride. I like him. I think he's a small, compact, physical, patient runner. I He doesn't have that burst that when you get into the second level, you're like, oh, well, He's going to outrun all these linebacker type things. Like he doesn't have that. There's another guy on the list that I think doesn't have that, but we'll talk about it. But for me, I look at it and I say that he's a violent, patient runner, kind of small, compact, and I think he can. He's going to be a guy who 
He's going to get drafted later in the, drafted in the draft, and I think can have an immediate impact for whatever team he goes to. I definitely agree. I've seen his game. He's that bell cow type of running back. I think he's about what, 5'10", about 220, just yeah. a very big solid back. And he can get you like in those in those third and shorts. That, he's that type of guy. Like He's physical. Yeah, I think he might thrive a little bit more in a running back by committee set. And I say that only because for key running backs to be every down guys, and maybe I'm judging it based off of what I've seen with guys like Jonathan Taylor, who I watch every week and, and others, but I feel like to be a every down back, you're going to have to have that ability that when you get in the second round, you can put your first, your foot in the ground, change direction, cut it up field, and you're blown by linebackers and safeties and everybody else. You're taking it 63 yards to the house. I didn't see that much at UAB versus the competition he played at UAB. It leads me to believe I don't think he can do it very well in the NFL as well. So I think that's one of his bigger knocks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like you're saying, like if you're looking for that, like Jonathan Taylor, you kind of have like a bunch of check boxes they got to check where you think like, Okay, he could be the 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 main running back, but when you look at Dwayne McBride, he could be that in that like you said, running back of committee, which is not a bad thing. It's like it'll be easier on your body, like and and have a longer career that way, and that's how you can look at it. I agree. I'm gonna let you announce who your running back four is. I can't pronounce his name, but he's the running back from Pitt. <laughs> Who's your running back four? Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it right now because. Is Israel Abanga? Uh, man, I had it. I had it right last week, and he's from Pittsburgh, <laughs> Abanconda. I think that's how. I think that's how he's pronounced it. And I, I really love this game because when I looked at his game, he was a very explosive type of running back. Like he's a former sprinter, and he was he he, he didn't do any of the like the drills mainly at the NFL Combine. But in the at his pro days, he had a, a sub uh, four four and a forty one inch jer- uh, vertical. And having those those explosiveness, you see that in his play. In his one thing I noticed, like him being a former track runner, he's explosive and he utilizes his like his spin moves, his balance after contact. And that's one thing that caught my eye about his his play. He's a and he's a compact running back. He's five ten about two sixteen. So. My only knock on his game is he's a bit reckless when he carries the ball. I see some uh, some uh, plays where he just holds it loosely, and you know his defenders are trying to get that ball out of his hand. And my biggest worry, he goes to the lead, and you got uh, veterans that know how to, like, get that ball out of your hands. I think that's one of his main things, just need to work on toting the rock a little better because it was a little loose back in college. But I think with the right coaching and just in the effort, I think he'll get that down. But. I think it'd be a good uh, – I see a lot of people having the early day threes. I have him in, in the third round, the third or fourth round grade on him. Yeah, I mean, I like this yeah, tape too. Yeah, I like what what I saw was that, that that you did not see from a Dwayne McBride, which was a guy who can burst it a pat. He gets in the second round. If you don't touch him, dude, he's going to go on touch all the way to the house and, and score a touchdown those types of things i loved i love this tape i i have been hearing about him a lot lately and then i saw your ranking and i wanted to make sure i knew what i was talking about i wanted to go and watch some of his tape when when we uh before we did this podcast and i like i like this tape i thought 
He was an explosive runner. I thought he provided a lot of great things that you want as a running back. And I agree with you as well. I think, you know, he does need to hold on to the rock a little bit more, do a little bit better ball security, those types of things. But overall, this is a guy who can catch the ball in the backfield pretty well, especially in the league where that's more needed and more aware. He does that at a very, very high level, I feel like, and can be successful on that front as well. I agree. Um, that's one thing you see is like anything he does, he's gonna do it explosively. He is kind of like he goes zero to one hundred, or it, that 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 just is mo. But do you have like a player comp that you've seen in this game? I've only watched a little bit of him, and it's only been this week, so I don't have a player comp for him. But I, I mean, you look at some of the younger guys, like some of the smaller guys who can burst open. Make it I, maybe I don't know. It, it's hard. I'd have to watch a little bit more of his tape to kind of get a feel. Yeah, one, one that no, yeah, the one I had for him was Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, I was about I'm, to say Pacheco, but I was like, I was like yeah, I, so both of them have like a last name that's kind of hard to pronounce. I don't want to butcher these these guys' names, but yeah, that's one thing I noticed about him. I was a fan of him. Uh, when he was playing for Kansas City, a seventh-round pick, and it just you seen that uh, that similar explosiveness. They're about the same type of build. I like that's my player comp to him because I definitely see it in both of them. Yeah, it's a good comp. Yeah, good comp. comp. My my number four running number back four is Devon A. Chain or Devin A. Chain from Texas A and M. He didn't make your top make five. Top Interesting five. to me. Interesting. I'll ask you why yeah. here in a minute. But for me, he he. You talk about a burst. You talk about a guy who can do everything you want to do. I mean, this is him. This is a guy who you get in the second level. If you don't touch him, it's it's bye. Like, goodbye. You're not going to touch him. He's taking it to the house. I think he's got very good vision. I think his vision to find the holes is, is there, and it's one of the top visions in this back in this backfield. The only reason he's at four for me and not three is I think the other guys ahead of him are better. Just five better running backs ahead of him. But I dude, I love Devon A chain. I love his camp and I, I think pass catching ability, running ability, vision, everything. I think he's gonna be a very successful running back in the NFL. I agree. Uh I actually had him at number six. It was, it just a lot of really good running backs in my in those in those top ten areas. My only biggest knock on it was just the size and, and how are they going to utilize him. But everything else about A Chain, he's a he was a top uh, sprinter at a A and M. I don't know the exact numbers, but he was a hell of a track. He was a two sport athlete at A and M. So you you see that track speed when he plays. So it kind of benefits being in track. If if anybody that's that's playing running back in high school and you still got a couple years left, get into track and you, I bet you'll see some explosiveness in your game and just be a 40 going up because looking at some of these guys, you're like seeing the, the benefit of track in their game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, for here's sure. the thing uh, with a, the with, thing with uh, our next, uh, our so next, we have the same have running the same back, running back three. We'll just go ahead and say it. It's uh, <laughs> Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. I sent you a rundown for the list and, or for the show today and for, a segment we got later on, it's our it's our favorite players in this draft. Well, I'm going to have to eliminate Zach Charbonnet from this list because he's my overall favorite player in this draft. He was my number three running back last year before he decided to go back, and he's my number three running back again this year. 
Listen, I, I think he's underrated in the pass catching field. People don't give him enough credit for the hands he has. I He's not a guy, in my opinion, who's going to bust it open down the field. He gets in the second round, those types of things. It's not going to happen. But I think he can – I talked about this with Zach McKinnell on my podcast earlier this week, which was if he comes on and you put him in a running back a similar a situation, similar to what the 2017 Eagles had, where he's a running back by committee guy. I think this is a guy who you put in the, you get in the red zone, 20 yards and end. This is a guy who's going to be a touchdown machine for you. Yards wise, may not put up a lot of yards, may not do those types of things. But I think this is the guy who, in short yardage situation, you can keep him on the field because he can catch out of the backfield. He's a guy who is a physical, hard nosed runner. I think he's just going to find ways to get in the end zone. If you use him as a red zone running back, yeah, I agree. And uh, when I was talking on uh, uh, Cruz's uh, show, he was a transfer out of Michigan, and you've seen he had kind of that Big Ten style type of running back. He's usually when you see Pac-12 running backs, they're very shifty, but this guy's physical. Like you were saying, he's not the one that's going to get those big yardage, but he can get you those between three to six yards and be that goal line back and just that change of pace type of back because you. If you had had a very explosive running back that can get you those big yards and then getting the big uh, running back like Zach Charbonnet who can wear and tear a defense, you got a good committee of running backs right there. Yeah, I agree. I think his pro comp for me is something similar to like maybe a LeGarrette Blunt, a guy who doesn't really serve serve as like an every down back, but he's a guy who stuck in a committee like we saw at Philadelphia, like we saw in New England. And we saw in other situations, this is a guy who can make you pay. I also had a James Conner comp on him as well. I thought he was very similar to James Conner coming out in the sense of they're they're not necessarily guys who are going to blow you away speed-wise, but they're going to produce, and they're going to put up a lot of yards, and they're going to find ways to, to get a 1,000 yards every single week or year. I definitely agree. Uh, my comp was Elijah Mitchell for 49ers. I kind of seen that similar play there. They're really good, solid running backs. They're not going to get all the love like the, you know, the big time running backs, but they're going to do, they do their job. Like they, they're the goal on back. They're the ones that do the dirty work. They can pass, pick up blitzers. And I, that's what I've seen in, in uh, Zach Charbonnet. But then, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, I could see that in this game. Yeah, I think he's a physical runner. He's definitely slept on in the pass catching ability. I've seen many people say that that's a knock on him, and I'm like, I don't know what they're watching. Like, I think he's underrated in the pass catching ability. I'm not. This isn't the guy you're going to split out to play a slot by any means. But if you're talking about catching the ball out of the backfield and then making something happen, or you're talking about screen passes and making something happen, yeah, I think I think this is a guy who can do a lot of things. I think catching the ball five to ten yards down the field. He, he could be pretty dangerous in, in that in that aspect. And I was saying that the same thing. Like, every people that did a scouting report on him, they always said he wasn't a good pass catch. And I, I was watching film, like, I don't know where they see this at. I, I don't know where it's coming from. Like, then I seen one nitpick said, oh, he's not a good route runner. I was like. I, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not, he's not a guy like. <laughs> Who we're going to talk about here in a minute, like a Jameer Gibbs yeah. or anything that you're going to split out wide and you can go empty in the quarterback set and you can use him as a wide receiver and put him one on one on a safety and he's going to burn somebody. Like that ain't going to happen. But if you're talking, if you're talking, 
It's third and seven. I need you to run out of the backfield, run a quick out route, and then cut it upfield and get you know a first down or whatever. I think he can he can do that, and he can do it at a very very high level in my opinion. All right, my number. Okay, our top two guys are Bijan Robinson, Neil Gibbs. I mean, we had we had the top we had the same top three guys. Here's the thing. Let's talk about Jameer Gibbs first. I think I really do think he is. This is the easy, low-hanging fruit player comp, but it is true because they they're so similar. I think he's Alvin Kamara 2.0. I mean, I think this is a guy who, as a running back, just by himself as a runner, is fantastic. Like a fantastic running back, he can do all those types of things you need running backs to do. But then you talk about the pass catching ability. And we talk about Alvin Kamara a few years ago when he had like six touchdowns in one game or whatever it was. And he went berserk. Like you're, you're, you're going to get the same kind of stuff from Jameer Gibbs. And in my opinion, everybody's so focused on Bijan Robinson and rightfully so, because Bijan is the next one of those guys. But I'm just saying you're, I feel like in a sense, he's kind of not the forgotten guy because he's always the, the running back too. But when we talk about, how talented he is. He always gets overlooked by Bijan Robinson. He does. And I guess because a lot of people like uh, always a knock on Jameer Gibbs' his size. He's 5'9", 199. But I'm like, look at the film. He's a guy that you could put on your team as a starter. He may not be the bell cow type of running back, but you could put him at a receiver. You can throw the ball to him on the backfield. He's kind of what you look in, in the modern day running back if you're in a especially if you're in the pass-happy uh, offense. I completely agree. I mean, you could use him in a sense, you know, with all the legal issues that uh, Alvin Kamara is in. Like, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints just wanted to repeat what they've got and just get a younger version of it and draft an Alvin Kamara or draft a uh, Jameer Gibbs in the first round. Wouldn't that be something? But, you know, we'll see what happens with the fallout there with Alvin Kamara. But, He's Alvin Kamara 2.0, I feel like. I, I truly think he's Alvin Kamara 2.0. I'm glad I'm not the only one in the committee about it, uh, the Saints drafting him. Could you imagine him, Gibbs, with Jamal Williams in that backfield, in that rotation? That'd be insane. I mean, I thought about it. It just depends on what they do with Alvin Kamara. And, and you know, now the fact that I believe he is actually facing charges, how does that work out? How do they – what decisions do they make, those types of things? Yeah. My number one running back, your number one running back, everybody's number one running back, Bijan Robinson. Listen, Bijan's the next one of those guys. He is. He, everything on talent show or on tape shows that he is Jonathan Taylor esque. He is, you know, everyone says Saquon. I hope he's not Saquon because I, I hope he doesn't have the injuries that Saquon has, but I understand. Tape wise, what they're talking about. This is a a guy who can, if he wants to, juke you out and make you miss, but he could also lower his head and say, Listen, I'm gonna run you over, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. But I love I love Bijan. He's the number one running back, he's the next one of those guys. And to me, he's a top ten player overall in this draft. We'll see where he gets drafted, but he's a top ten player overall in this draft. Like, he really checks every box that you look for in a running back in this game. And I'm glad I'm not the only one that sees that Jonathan Taylor's type of style of runner 
Like he, he can catch the ball, backfield, he can pick up blocks. He just basically does everything you want in a running back. It's just that he kind of has that wear and tear on his body because he, he's been the runner back for at least three, four years. And he does have a little bit of the, of the injury history with the neck and then the, and some other, like a few injuries, but he's, he still uh, uh, was a high productive running back at Texas. Being a Longhorn fan, seeing him, I'm glad to see that he's getting that, uh, that uh, love and, because them, them years I see him, like, man, that's, he's one of the next running backs uh, coming out of Texas for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. My only knock on him is, and I had Keith Sanchez from the Draft Network on, and we talked about this. My only knock on him is that I he, a lot like Zach Charbonnet, except he has this gear, he doesn't hit that second gear. There's a, uh, At least he doesn't do it a whole lot. Maybe I'm wrong. You can tell me if I'm wrong. You're a Texas fan, so you probably watched more of them than I have. But there was a lot of times where I turned on the tape, and I see him get it past the line of scrimmage. I said, oh, man, he's going to bust this open. And only gets about 15, 20 yards, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. But I watched other guys like Devon A-Chain. I've watched Jameer Gibbs. I've watched your guy from Pitt. They have the same hole. They kick in a second gear, and it's a 30, 40, 50-yard run. And I'm like – why is Bijan not doing that? I, he has it in him. I know he can. What is it about him that's not giving him or, or allowing him to do that, which he's going to need to do in the NFL to, to be a, a successful back and to be the next one of those guys? Yeah, sometimes it looks like that he, he'll have that, that built, and sometimes he just doesn't go to that next gear. I don't know if he's trying to preserve for the next down or what's going on, but I know they utilize him a lot there, but they do got a good rotation with him and uh, Ro Johnson. Uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, for just, sure, just for to sure. let you know. Rojan Roshan Johnson is one of the uh, a really good back as well. All right, that's it. So your five was Ty J Spears, the pit running back. Number three was uh, Zach Charbonnet. Two was. Um, Jameer Gibbs and one was Bijan Robinson. My top five was Dwayne McBride from UAB. It was Devon A. Chain from Texas A&M, Zach Charbonnet, Jameer Gibbs, and Bijan Robinson. That's the top five for both of us. I did a top eight running back ranking. So we're going to talk about some of the other running backs in this draft. And one guy who didn't make my list, I actually got his his uh, his tape rolling right now on the on the TV screen. I'm kind of just looking at it rolling through the tape and I was like, oh man. Okay. Uh somebody I probably going back now I probably would put on there. And that's Chase Brown from Illinois. He ran a like a low four fours, I believe it was, or maybe even four three at the combine. He's a physical runner, explosive. I should have had him in the top eight. I should have had him probably top six when he came out. I I listen, I just at the time I didn't watch a whole lot of his tape at the time. I to get the top eight, I usually watch about 15 guys and you kind of just dissect, you know, who's where those types of things. I didn't watch a whole lot of his tape at the time. I have since, and he's very talented. I, I, I like him, I like his tape. I, I love everything about Chase Brown. I think he can be a guy who probably going to go in the late second, early third, and going to be a guy who's going to produce for a long time in the NFL. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of this tape. I, I'm probably going to go re, uh, re- 
look at it again because I kind of did see though where people are saying in that second, third range type of running backs. It's, it, there's a lot of running backs, and you're like, like it's a lot, a lot of focus on the Charbonnets and the Gibbs and the Bijan Robinsons, but they're like everybody else. There's like a committee of running backs. Like, oh, I got to put this running back here. I got to put this one. Then it's it's crazy how many really good running backs there is in the draft. I completely agree. All right, who are some guys that that uh, you like that didn't make your top five? I'll give you some of my others here in a minute, but who are some of your guys that made the top five that, or that didn't make the top five that you liked? Okay, I'm actually pulling them up right now. So uh, we just talked about the one I was talking about was Roshan Johnson out of Texas. He's a former quarterback out of Port Arthur, Texas. He doesn't really have too much uh, tread on his on his tires. He's he was behind Bijan. He had like the most carries he had was 123 yards his freshman year. But outside of that, he had like 91, 93. Last year, this year he had 622 yards and six touchdowns. So you can you can tell that he can be that that uh, very physical type of running back. Like he's a running back of committee. He brings value as a pass blocker. He can pick up blitzes. And well, he played four years of special teams, and that's what most of the time when you're that backup running back, you're you're asked to play special teams, and he's one of those guys. And he can create that extra yards at, and break tackles. He's a physical runner, but the only thing he he, he lacks similar to Zach Charbonnet, he don't have that that big burst. Uh, for he's the more of the bulldozer type of running back. If you had that that super quick shifty running back and have him in there, that'd be a bigger benefit. And like I was saying, he's only played four years of a running back since his freshman year at Texas. So, and he's six foot two nineteen. I have him between that fourth and fifth round. He could be a day three still, in my honest opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of these guys. I like Rojan. I like his tape. I thought he I thought he ran well at the combine. He's a de- he's definitely the change of pace back for Bijan Robinson. I liked his tape. I thought he was a very good running back and had a lot to offer and. Like you said, if he gets drafted third, fourth round, he's going to be a steal, and this is going to be a guy who we may be talking about in a few years as one of the best running backs in the league. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And just knowing that he not, hasn't been playing the running back position for a long time, that, that says a lot about how he gets prepared to switch over position because being a quarterback and a running back is a different type of, is a different thing. And but you could kind of see where he still has that vi- – he has that solid vision. It's just like he's still kind of learning the, the position. Yeah, I agree. I completely um, agree. I, I agree. I completely agree. I got another one, and it's – I guess it's showing my, my Texas <laughs> roots a little bit on this, but Kendra Miller out of TCU. He's 5'11", 215. I have him with a late three, the early fourth round uh, grade. Explosive runner in between the tackles has very good balance after contact. Some run, some you'll see running backs after they contact. Some of them just go back. He'll keep going. He has that solid agility for a type hit runner. Great leg strength to carry tacklers to get them extra yardage. But my only biggest knock on him is he runs too uptight sometimes, and that's not good, especially you expose yourself to getting that ball taken out. And one. And one in my next biggest knock, he's not a Chris Cut runner, especially in the outside. I see him getting the ball on the outside, and he may get one, two yards, or he may get a negative yard. It's just that's not his thing. He's he's that guy that can 
uh, get between a between a guard and a tackling guard for a few yards, but he's not really the best outside runner. But I still have him in that uh, early day three type of uh, projection. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he made my top eight. He was my running back eight. Uh, he was I, everything you said. I completely agree with him. It's the same stuff I saw. He's he's going to be a good back, I think, in the NFL. I, but he is limited in what he can and can't do overall and, and those types of things. I, I look at some of the other guys like that we've mentioned, you know, Ty J. Spears, you look at Chase Brown, you look at the kid from uh, um, Pitt, you look at some of these others, and I say, like, these guys are going to have probably a better chance in the NFL of succeeding long term than Miller is. Because they provide more explosiveness, more in the pass game, which is what the league's heading to. You have to be a weapon both in the pass game and in the run game to be successful these days in the NFL. I think he's a guy who can do a lot of, of things that you want him to do. It, it, or, yeah, talking about Chase Brown and, and the kitchen pit and some of those others, where Miller, not so much. Man. I think Miller kind of lacks that you know, pass catching ability. And even when we talked about, you know, a guy like Zach Charbonnet, who's a great, you know, underrated pass catcher out of the backfield can do a lot of different types of things. He's not a, he's a guy who you get him on the outside and you get him going lateral. It isn't going to work very well. A lot like Miller, but I think he makes up for it. in the fact that you can put him on the, you can put him on the field at third down and he can make some of those catches for you on third down that you need running backs to make. Yeah. It's, uh, you kind of had that at a uh, all the like I go back to that checkbox. If you're gonna be that, you gotta have like something that's you specialize in. Miller kind of is he he has he's, like good at uh, at certain things, but there's not like a big specialization. He he's really good at like with the Zach Charbonnet who can have be that a uh, guy that you get in the goal line ability type of style. But I still think he's gonna be a good running back. I think his best chances are as a running back in committee. Yeah, I agree. Some of my top guys that didn't make my top five are Ole Miss running back Zach Evans. I liked him a lot. Uh, Obviously, Kendra Miller. But then I liked Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. You talk about a guy who I think can really be a secret weapon in the sense of you can put him out in the – you know, in a slot or in some kind of wide receiver role and you throw him the football and he's going to catch it and make – make a lot of people pay and you put him out there in a linebacker one-on-one no shot by the way linebackers have no chance you put him on the safety i think maybe he's a little more shifty and can make maybe that safety look a little dumb sometimes he, i like him a lot he's just not a very like running back wise when we're talking about running the football he provides some good stuff it's just he doesn't do a lot i think running back wise finding the holes vision those types of things where i say that's why he didn't make my top five he's he's more on the outside and you when you look at georgia they have so much talent and i guess a lot of people like oh they forget about kenny mcintosh you know like the darnell rights and then next year brock bowers and i know i'm missing some other people but georgia that was just stacked with talent this year yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they were. All right, so let's right, turn to this now. Uh, some of your favorite players in this draft. My, or hang on, let's let's stay on this running back curve real quick. I've been 
I've been doing some mock drafts. I only, I only do three. I've only done my second one. My third one's coming out the week before the draft. So I think next week it'll come out. Um, here's the thing. I've had two running backs for the last two weeks or the last two last two mocks going into the first round. I have the Eagles taking Bijan at 10, and I have the Bills taking Jameer Gibbs at like 23. I think there's two running backs going – I'm not a huge, like, take a running back in the first round guy because of what we talked about just on this episode. You can get a lot of guys late that are going to be very productive and successful in the NFL. But I think Bijan's different. I think he's a different breed. And I think uh, Jameer Gibbs is a different breed. I look at it, I think maximum two running backs go in the first round, minimum one, that being Bijan Robinson. I think if Bijan goes, I think. Buffalo has a tough decision to make as to whether they want to take a linebacker to replace Edmonds or whether they want to take a running back. For me, I think they should take a running back, even if Bijan's not there. And I say that because I look at a Bijan or I look at what they did in the playoffs. I talked about this on a episode of or a mock draft I was recently on. And I said, they played the Bengals in the playoffs, and the Bengals took away Josh Allen, and they took away Diggs, and they took away all these guys, and they said, beat us with James Cook. Beat us with uh, Devin Singletary. Beat us with your running game, and they couldn't do it. Buffalo couldn't beat the Bengals with their running game. The next week, they, they did the same game plan with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and they used Isaiah Pacheco, and Pacheco was able to beat them, and they were able to run the football successfully and and make it to the Super Bowl off the run game and not necessarily Patrick Mahomes, who did have some good plays, don't get me wrong, but I look at Buffalo and I say, offensively, that's what's missing for you, is a running back. You don't scare anybody running the football, so that's why I had two going, whether Bijan goes before them or not. How many running backs do you think go in the first round? I honestly think it's just between one and two. I didn't see Mike Jones with eight, but three, but that's really forcing it. I think he was just going to be – you may just get Bijan in the first round or you may get him and Gibbs. And uh, I agree. I think that'd be the, that's one of the elephant in the room when it comes to the Bills' offense is they don't have a running back that, that can make it – like No one scares you running. Not, yeah, they don't like scare. And that's one of the things you see in that game. They didn't have that running game. Singletary and James Cooks are like those, at best, between a second and uh, three type running back. They're not the one that, oh, you got them in the game. It's, they're really big game changers. But they, they're solid, but they don't scare anybody. Like I think a Gibbs on the off, in the offense who can play receiver and be a running back would definitely benefit Josh Allen. Yeah, for sure. All right, we're going to go to some of our, our favorite players. In this draft, uh, my favorite player overall is Zach Charbonnet, but we've already talked about him, so I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse again. We've already talked about him, so I'm going to move on. My second favorite overall player is Hendon Hooker, the quarterback from Tennessee. A lot of talk about age, a lot of talk about offense. End of the day, this guy could play football at the quarterback position. He could play football at the quarterback position at a high level. And he has a lot of traits that can translate to the NFL. I, I love him. I, I love his tape. I think he's I think he's underrated. He's not getting talked about. And I literally just had a text. I was texting with one of my friends earlier today, and I said, 
He's a guy I would not bet against, and I would not bet against him because at the end of the day, he's improved every single year. He's gone against the odds, and I think at the end of the day, this could be a guy we look back on and say, how did he fall in the second round? Or how did he go 22nd overall when a guy like Will Levis went top four, top five? Yeah. I, I watched a little bit of both their tapes. I rather would have a Hendon Hooker, but I think if he had an ACL injury, that wouldn't have been the conversation of who should go first between those two. Because obviously Hendon Hooker has the better tape out there. It just a lot of people still fall in love with oh Levis is this big dude that can that has a strong arm, but he makes a lot of dumb decisions when he throws the ball. I don't I agree. That, that, Listen, you're not you're not saying anything I haven't been preaching on Twitter, on my podcast, and the group text. Like everything I've been saying about him and, and Anthony Richardson have come to fruition. I told everybody in the off the ball network group chat that Anthony Richardson was going to blow away everybody in the combine. Guess what? Happened. I said uh, a guy like Will Levis is going to explain display, shall I say, a big arm and, and the ball's going to pop out of his hand and it's going to amaze you in the combine. Guess what? It did. At the end of the day, dude, I've posted clips on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen them. I don't know or what, but there's a lot of times where I look at a guy like Will Levis and I say, what are you doing, dude? I'm yelling at the TV when I'm watching tape because I'm like, you made a decision and it didn't go well. And I know guys like Urban or not Urban Meyer, but uh, Mo Kuyper tried to explain it away as, you know, he's playing hero ball, didn't have a lot of talent. But there's a difference between being aggressive and playing hero ball and just being dumb when you make decisions. And I'm not trying to be mean when I say that, but there's a lot of decisions he make that are just dumb. That's that's what I see. His best thing is just to be a part of a team as a uh, as a as a QB two where he can learn and not just be forced into being the starting quarterback year one. I agree. I I just I didn't mean to turn this into a Will Levis conversation, but I say I say that to say, I it amazes me that Hendon Hooker is being talked about as like a second as a as the fifth overall quarterback in those types of things because to me. And my updated quarterback rank, I'm not going to reveal where I have him because my updated quarterback rankings, which will be my final quarterback rankings before the draft comes out, I may have him above Will Levis. We'll see. And Will Levis may have dropped over the, in my in my rankings because he at one point was above Anthony Richardson. We'll see. Is he still above AR? Is he not? I guess we'll find out. But I'm not going to give anything away. But, uh, yeah, so – Hannon Hooker is one of my favorite guys in this draft. I think overall, I'm known as the quarterback guy, right, when it comes to to drafts and those types of things in the group chat. But I also consider myself a a linebacker guy. And I think this linebacking core is weak compared to what it's been in the last few years. Right now, rough draft-wise, I only have one guy in my top 50 big board. Overall players, which comes out the day before the draft, and come out Wednesday, April 26th. My big board, everybody stay tuned. But Trenton Simpson from Clemson, I think he's unanimous. It's him or Drew Sanders that everyone talks about as the number one linebackers. We'll see where I have him. But he's my favorite player in this draft because I think 
what I like as linebackers, linebackers is what he provides, right? Like, I like the Isaiah Simmons who can play safety, who can play a linebacker, who you can put on a guy like used properly, which he's not. You can put on a guy like a George Kittle or a a, uh, Travis Kelsey and not really have to worry about him and and have to game plan because you can trust him to go one-on-one. I like N'Kobe Dean for the same reason last year. I like Trenton Simpson for that. So those are just two of my favorite guys. Who are some of your favorite guys in this draft? So my favorite guys, I'm 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 still a defensive lineman at heart. So I got Mozzie Smith. I, I just like the way he's 6'3", 330, uh, 323 pounds, who's a sheer athlete, rare quickness for his size. And he and he's uh he's country strong. I've seen where he literally yanks and pulls off guards from like any direction, has that powerful punch to separate and shed from blockers. And another thing about him, he's versatile. He can play that three-to-one tech and has that ability to be a space eater. The only knock on it, he still needs to improve uh, set, uh, setting in his gap uh, against double teams. But I think he'll definitely improve in that. He shows that he's a hardworking uh, individual. And I think he, he – I have him in that early second-round guy. Like, he, he's one of my – I think, honestly, he's the number, uh, number one nose tackle in this – in this draft. I know that's not saying a lot. I know a lot of people are high on Aika, but I think he brings more value than Aika. No knock to him, but I, I like his game as well. But Molly Smith is definitely my number one as one of my favorite players. Okay. Who else you got? Okay, who else you got? I like Molly Smith. He made my top 50, but uh, big board so far. I like, I like to hear that. So, I'm kind of showing my defensive bias on this, but one of my favorite players in this draft is Ivan Pace Jr., uh, Cincinnati linebacker. He was playing at Miami, Ohio. He's 5'10", 231. Don't let the size fool you. He's a fearless tackling machine I got in here. He racked up 125 tackles total and 60 solo tackles. And he shows that above average play recognition and quickness to slip through and find the open holes to get to the and tackle. Surprisingly, as effective as a stand-up run uh, rusher, I've seen him against OU, and it just like he he can dominate in the leverage game. He's a, he has that lower center of gravity and like a powerful lower body. And how I would describe his game? He plays like a walk-on, trying to earn a scholarship like almost every play. And the only knock on it, he lacks that link that you want in like today's linebackers. But I think honestly, he could be that good rotational middle linebacker and eventually be a starter. He's kind of in that range. Uh, I know you're a Colts fan. He's that same similar build to a Gary Brackett, and and I was a fan of him as well. But I like those those shorter linebackers there, because when you get those big offensive linemen, you got a good defensive line. You they can slip through in there and make those big tackles, and I see that with Ivan Pace. Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, overall, yeah, you know, I liked him as well. I liked his tape. I thought he was a. I agree with everything you're saying. The Gary Brackett, uh, Brackett uh, comp is a good one. I, I like that. I, I like All right, so real quick, before we wrap it up, who uh, who, uh, who do you think goes number one overall, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud? I think at the end of this, it's going to be Bryce Young. I, you do? I know I, I've seen a – um, it just I just had this weird feeling. I've been going back and forth, and I'm like, C.J. Stroud makes more sense in Carolina. But I think they'll go with the over the the bigger name in Bryce Young. 
But I just feel like they should go with C.J. Stroud. I kind of think that fits more, but I think it's going to be Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, I guess you have C.J. Stroud as uh, number one, right? Well, I have him as my number one quarterback, and I did have him as uh, the number one overall pick. I don't know what to think. I mean, it's lying season, so who knows? Yeah. But I think uh, for me – the pick should be C.J. Stroud, I think, because he's my number one quarterback. But we'll see. I, I think – but I'm putting my money on C.J. Stroud right now. I know Vegas is putting their money on uh, uh, Bryce Young, but that's just how bets work. You bet on the, the guys who don't do it, and you get successful. So, yeah, for me, I look at it and I say, yeah, that's a guy who uh, – yeah. C.J. Stroud, to me, is going to be the number one overall pick. All right. Real quick, let everybody know where they can find your podcast, where they can find you, what you're working on, those types of things, Aaron. Yeah, I appreciate you for having me on the show. So y'all can check me out at uh, Tacos and Touchdowns, at Tacos and Touchdowns on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook, you can check me out at Tacos and Touchdowns Live. And uh, I'm working on some more draft content. I'm working on another off-the-ball network, uh, uh, Bad Bell. So I'm definitely get his uh, input on the how the Jag, what do you think the Jaguars are going with. And we're, I'm supposed to be doing a mock uh, mock draft with some other Cowboy insiders. So we'll see. We're gonna that should happen next week, and then hopefully we're gonna be talking draft content until the draft. So just expect that from Tacos and Touchdown this week. And also, I'll be at the UTSA spring game, uh, University of San Antonio spring game, and then uh, XFL game on Saturday. So it's gonna be football this week. So yeah, dude. I mean. Fun. Draft content-wise, you expect the same from me. I mean, that's that's all we're doing for the next however many weeks is draft content. Now, this will either come out – we're recording this the week of April 13th. This will either come out April 14th or 15th, or I'll save it, and it'll come out next week, like the week of the 20th, which is the week before the draft. I'm going to reach out, try to get some more guys on, try to get Keith Sanchez back on before we go on. If not, we'll get somebody on. But uh, we had Zach McKinnell on earlier this week. We did more draft content last week or the last time we did this draft. Actually, no, we had an interview, a couple interviews. So for me, yeah, this is it, man. We're heading into draft time. It's getting heavy. It's going to be a lot of drafts coming up. And then after the drafts, we're going to do a lot more broadcasting interviews, get back into that swing of thing, and then – you know, I'm going on a cruise to celebrate my anniversary, and then when I come back, dude, it's top 32 quarterback rankings, and that's going to take up about four weeks of my time. So that's all my uh, my life's going to consist of for a long, long time after the 1st of June. So, Aaron, a big thank you for coming back on, man. I appreciate it. Big thank you to all you guys listening. We're definitely going to have you back on, Aaron. Definitely going to have you back on. We're going to talk about just let me know more stuff, you know, later on in the year throughout the summer, all that kind of stuff. But a big thank you to all you guys listening. Um, do me a favor, I can only help this podcast grow so much. Share it with your friends, your family, your boss. I don't care, send it to their work email. If you don't have their work email, spam it in their DMs on social media. However, you help people, uh, listen to this podcast, however, you can help it grow. Please do so. I would deeply and really appreciate it. But for those of you listening, have a good day, good night, good afternoon, whatever it is, you have a good one, and we'll see you next week.